Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello. Who we got on the program? This is Judy Dickens here. Oh, glad to have you on, Judy. Thank you. Others will be coming in a little bit. So what state are you from? Missouri. Misery. (laughs) Whereabouts in Missouri? Um, Right now I'm in Missouri. Whereabouts in Missouri? Macon. Macon, where's that at on the map? Do you know where Mobley is? Uh, Mobley is out there near Jeff City. No, it's toward Columbia and uh. Okay. I'm on, just on the other side of Mobley. I'm twenty minutes from Mobley. Right. We got another person online. Uh, my name is Lindsay. Okay, and where are you from? Um, Illinois. Where about? Chicago. Okay. I know where that's at. Do we have anyone else on the group? Well, it's a little early. People are just uh, coming in, so... Yep. I'm trying to get a group started, uh, an email group, and that um, we're going to go from there. And then it's going to be called the Families at Risk USA Support Team. And it's going to be at Gmail. So do you guys have pencil and paper where you can take notes? Yes. Okay, let me try to get uh, our co-host in here. She is trying to... Let me see if I can get our co-host on here. Let's see here. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I got you on the. I'll put you on the program. You want to say hello to our guest? Oh, okay. We're on it on live. Hi, everyone. Hi. I know a few people having a little bit of issues. I'm still on my tablet trying to get other people in too. I'm sorry about my being late. (laughs) 
Better late than never. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I just have everyone hitting me up still. Like, a lot of the administrators don't put their uh, posts up till late, so. Yeah, we. Looks like we're getting a little rocky start, but it'll all change. Anyway, I just put a group together on Gmail. It's called Families at Risk USA Support Team. Families at Risk USA Support Team at Gmail. And so you send an email, or you can go up there and find the page, and then you can sign up. And then every time I send an email, out with a document or something, everyone in the group will get it. Awesome. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, it would, it would sure help out if we had this already ahead of time. I used yeah. to have the FAR Defense Alliance, that FAR stands for Families at Risk, <coughs> but <coughs> I got sued in federal court in 2013, and so I had to stay focused on defending myself, and uh, I lost the group. And yeah, and uh, that uh, was a Yahoo groups. I think that's what it was, but they're no longer available. But the Gmail group is, and so we're getting a getting a start on this here. Uh, my name mm -hmm. is Brother Shorty. They call me Charlie Boy, the man of God, the speaker of truth. And so I'm the rebel rouser. I'm the Act 17-6 guy. I like turning the world upside down. And part of my uh, uh, protocol is beating up on judges, lawyers, and prosecutors. And so as long as you stay focused and be a part of this group and can keep up with everything, then you too can be a little shorty and uh, go beat up on judges, lawyers, and prosecutors. <laughs> well, somebody needs to. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start off with the program about getting our status, okay? And so. If you're considered a little guy, the big guy's going to keep beating up on you, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And so status is very important. And we'll go back to the 1700s, 1776. The colonies put together the Declaration of what? Independence. Okay. And so <laughs> when they did that, here's what they did. They were sending the king a message saying that they were no longer going to be his subjects. Okay? And so when the king got the message that they were no longer going to listen to him because they were declaring themselves to be independent, the king got mad and said, Oh, well, if you're going to be that away, we're going to cancel all your charters. And so there was a mutual agreement between the king and the colony. And so each state got together to send representatives, and they all went to a meeting, and they put together what they call the Articles of Confederation. 
and everyone agreed on it, and it was good for 10 years. And right after that, then the people decided to enter into it, and it started off with, we the people do hereby ordain and establish this constitution for those guys over in D.C. And so the people took authority because they were sovereign. And they put together a government. Okay. And so this government was growing and growing and growing. And by the time we got to where we had the Civil War, the government realized it didn't have any authority over the people. So they introduced the Bill of Rights. Everyone's heard of that, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're going to look at the 14th Amendment argument. In the 14th Amendment is where the government decided to reclassify citizens. And so the 14th Amendment starts off with all those that are born here or naturalized. That's the first prong. And then they put an and, and those that are subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens and the citizens in the state where they reside. So according to the 14th Amendment argument, you've got to be born here or naturalized, and you've got to subject yourself to their jurisdiction. So that goes against the Declaration of Independence. And so how do you get around that? Is you've got to go back to Article 4, Section 2 in the Constitution and change your status to what they call sui juris. Sui juris. And that's a Latin term. That's an old Latin term that says sovereign unto yourself, beholden to none. And under... Article 4, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution, it talks about citizens with immunities and privileges. How do you like those apples? Love them. So you, you take <laughs> So the first thing we want to do as individuals is re-educate our thinking. We don't want everything that we were lied to in the government-run schools to ruin mm -hmm. our lives. And so we go back to Article 4, write this down, Article 4, Section 2 of the Constitution. Got it. Article 4, Section 2, and then write down the 14th Amendment and look that up and read the first paragraph into it. Okay? So you got Article okay. 4, Section 2, and then you got the 14th Amendment. Okay. Okay. And so, with the status, well, let me pull up the documents that we would have had and we're going to have. I got to pull them up on my end. Huh? I said I'm going to pull them up on my end, too. Okay. Well, good. Let me see where I can get to be. And... Let's see.
Just bear with me. These files are so big. Now, if we weren't able to get a hold of those documents, um, would we be able to get them emailed to us or get on that Gmail um, group and get them? Yeah. yeah, once you get on the group, I'm going okay. to upload the documents. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay, we're going to go to the document called Notice of Status. I'm sorry, you guys. I really tried my best to get it sent out. And no, we know, Jillian. We know. Um, it, it's okay. Technology is not always on our side. <laughs> it okay. would not let me send it. <laughs> Especially if we're not tech savvy. You know, I'm so not tech savvy. So you're good. You're good at my oh, book. Oh, <laughs> I'm not either. You know I'm not. <laughs> I don't even think I got all of the information from him either. Like, it didn't send me all the pages. So it's all good. We'll work okay. together. We'll get it done. Teamwork. Yep. So, Seth, why don't you go ahead pull up that document, Notice of Status. Did you get it? I thought I did, but I think I'm under the wrong one. Uh-oh. This is the one, uh, the Notice of Motion. Notice Status by Certificate. Trial by Notice. Certificate. Status. Is that it? We're on page two of that one. Do you find it? I'm looking through my email still. I was on the wrong one. Well, sometimes that's the way it goes. Oh, my Lanta, I just had these up too when I was talking to you before we did this. <laughs> I can't pull them up. How about I resend it to you? I know I have letter of intent and I have notice of status. Notice of status, that's the one. Okay. Let me know when you got it up. We're going to be on page two, and I'll have you to read from now comes, and then you can put your name in of the other person's name. Where it says notice of motion. Right. Notice of status. Yeah, and then it says now comes the undersigned. Oh. And I fill in with my name? Yep. Okay. So, Jillian's with the following notice of okay. status. Okay. Start from the beginning. I'll start from the very beginning? Yeah, now comes. Huh? Oh, now comes the undersigned. Okay. Jillian Lee Jelinas with okay. the following notice okay. of status to information. To inform this court of my status and its rights. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Start off from the beginning. Now comes the undersigned. So I'm okay. introducing myself. Okay, the undersigned is the person who is signing off on it. And with the so following notice of status, in other words, you're going to let them know that you're number one. 
and the judge is number two. Okay, so now down the time, down, let's say down one, with the following notice of status to inform this court of my status and its right. Okay, and then it says, I am sui juris. And the term sui juris means that you're sovereign unto yourself, beholden to none. Okay? I am sui juris, the conventional person, the autographer. The autographer is the one who's signing off on this. Okay? A woman, a living soul, the age, over the age of 18 years of age, and the principal by special motion. In other words, we're not giving them jurisdiction. And so your document at the top, the attorney always say, in the 11th Circuit Court or whatever. And the word in will never be on your document. It'll be at. Because when you use the word at, you're not giving them jurisdiction. So you want to do everything in written form, but you want to know that you don't copy the attorneys and put in the 11th Circuit. You put at the 11th Circuit. Oh, so it's a location, not giving them... Okay, I get it. So we're not giving them jurisdiction. And under oh. special notice, an independent action, a real party in interest, and then... It's got a number one, and it says court of record. So in a court of record, according to Black's Law Dictionary, you have the right and the authority, okay, over the judge. And the huh. judge, in a court of record action, his capacity is a magistrate. And so the magistrate is independent of the tribunal. And so the judge can't make a decision for you or against you once you start the action. And so if the judge issues an order in your action, then you got a right to issue an order to vacate the judge's order. Oh, okay. And so when you vacate the judge's order, <coughs> the judge will initially come back, well, who's this guy think he is? and she will issue a second order. And if she issues the second order, you can vacate that order. And if you like that order, then you issue a second order granting it. But you do not allow the judge to issue any orders without your permission. And if on the second, by the second order, if the judge doesn't get the issue, then you issue an order to vacate that, plus you issue an order to find the judge and to hold the judge in contempt of court. You like that? Wow. Love it, actually. <laughs> Especially since they wouldn't even let my husband speak at our court dates. They, they held him in contempt and took him to jail because they said we had our turn to speak through our attorney, which we had already that's fired. Why that's why you don't do attorneys. You get rid of the yeah, attorney, we tried to represent ourselves and they denied it. Then you issue an order to vacate that order. Okay. 
but you're going to have to learn to do stuff. And we got the Families at Risk legal page up running. And there's all kinds of legal videos there. Okay. So does everyone have the ability to get on their computer while they're on their phone? Yeah. If you are able to do that, go to no. Families at Risk. What? Jillian, was that you? No, it was not me. <laughs> That's why I was staying silent because I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me either. Anyway, anyway, anyway what I want okay, to do so is I want, to point, I want to point everyone to the uh, Families at Risk legal group. Okay. Write, write that down. Maybe Julian can send you a link to it. Yeah, I'm going to okay. go on to it right now. I just got to go in on messages. Okay, and I want everyone to sign up on the Families at Risk uh, Gmail group. Okay. And I want everyone to find out where the Families at Risk legal page is and put all your free time in on studying. Okay. One second, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to send you guys the link in a second. Yeah, it's okay. I'm still powering up my tablet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my tablet doesn't seem to like the screenshot is my problem. Okay. Well, getting on to where we were, real party interest in the court of record. And according to Black's Law Dictionary, in the court of record, you have the ability to find the whole of contempt of court and the jail. Okay. We got your attachment. I got your attachment, Julian. Did you? Okay. I don't know yeah. if I sent it to everyone. Did everyone Did get it? it? The group. I, you sent it to the group. I, I'm trying to pull it up to see if we got it. I got it. I, I got yes, it. I got it. I'm just in here listening mm -hmm. at the moment. This is kind of new to me, so. I have no ability to go on email while we're on the phone. That's okay. Um, tomorrow there's two people that missed the class, and I'm going to kind of like just give them an overbreeze of everything. So if you want to sit on in on that, and then you'll have the paperwork too. Awesome. Well, the main thing that we want to do is get people on the email group, okay? And so yeah. those that have a legitimate case can come up and apply for the, uh, okay. the email group. Where is the email group that you're saying on the page? It's called Families at Risk hyphen space USA support team. Yeah, I know that, but where it's is the... Gmail. It's at Gmail. It's a Gmail group. Oh, so I got to add Gmail to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, I was going back into the other one. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Right. Can you repeat that one more time? Families at risk. Space hyphen space USA support team. I just got it started while we were talking on the phone. 
So I'm going to get a picture up there and all that. I'll go back in there and then uh, we're going to put it up. Let's see here. Okay, so if you send me an email to that group, Families at Rest, space, hyphen, space, USA support team. Do you want to just message you our emails on the page? You have mine, so I don't have yeah, that. Yeah, that's the way you do it. <laughs> you got mine. Let's see if I can find the, the email address and then send it to you guys. Is everyone finding the group? I believe so. I think I just helped someone else find it. So. Members. Okay, so you're going to sign on. Once you get to the group, it should say uh, an invite or something. Your board's going to look different than mine. I think it says they should message, go to message first, right? That's what it comes up on mine. When I look okay. at it, that's how it appears to me. Okay. So they would just send the message, right? Right. <coughs> I'm going to send a test one. My first message is hello. Mm. 
Mine is pulling I'm up looking. the page. It's the Families at Risk USA support team. It's pulling up the page, and it tells me to send a message. Okay. And I sent my email. I don't know if that, my Gmail, I mean. I did um, not get anything. No, nothing? Hold on. Huh. Good way to make sure it works. <laughs> Yeah, it says sent, which is weird. Um, shush. Sorry. Okay. It just says typically reply. Heck, y'all. Typically reply. The email, the email address is families hyphen at hyphen okay. risk and then it's a big hyphen and then it says USA support team. Okay. Oh well we're looking for another site now? It's the he's no. sending us to a Gmail. Not the actual site but the actual the Gmail. Like to go into our like if we go into sign into Gmail. Right? Oh. I believe yes. that's what I'm understanding now. Okay, okay, okay. Let me get some Gmail. Let's see. Compose. So what did you say it was again? I'm sorry. I'm getting ready to send you an email with it. <laughs> families, families at, families at hyphen risk hyphen USA support team. Okay. And I'm going to put email in the subject there, Julian. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> and then you can share that with the rest of the group. Families hyphen... Uh, hyphen risk Okay, I just changed the setting to anyone on the web can ask. So you can go up there and ask now. Oh, I got it now.
guys telling me I just can't be found? Do you want me to, guys, to send you guys the link? Yes, please, because they're saying I just cannot be found. Okay, just give me a minute, okay? Yeah. Nope, no problem. Emmy, are you having the same problem? What you do? I couldn't find it either. It okay. There's a spot I think before USO with USA where there's like three hyphens. So I'll I'm gonna copy it and then send it to the group. Okay, perfect. Just one more memo. No worries. So this whole sovereign to none, that's not the same thing as, as what they're, they're trying to condemn us for, right? I mean, they're trying to say well, they have a sovereign way of thinking, then it's... it's well, it, the it, thing, okay, the, here's the thing. We hear a lot of the term so, sovereign citizen, right? Right, right. Okay. And so the word sovereign means free, and the word citizen means slave. So the well, so so sovereign citizen is an oxymoron. And so when you come into the court saying you're a sovereign citizen, the judge has to reconsider what you're trying to tell them, and they will say, boom, you're out of here. You know, yeah. you're not going to put up with that. But if you come in as sovereign, you come in mm -hmm. as one of the people. Where do we see the word people? We the... We the people. We the okay. So people's the third word in the preamble. Right. And people were free on account of the Declaration of Independence. But right. when the Bill of Rights came in, they introduced the Fourteenth Amendment so they can enslave us all. But you have the right to choose between the Fourteenth Amendment and Article Four, Section Two. And if you're in Article 4, Section 2, you're a citizen with immunities and privileges. Okay. I got it. I am sending an email now. Still saying address not found. What happened? It still says address not found. The email account that you tried to reach does not exist. Please try double checking the recipient's email address for typos or unnecessary spaces. I don't know. That's probably a technicality. Let me see. Yeah. 
It worked for me, but I hit it off of, like, what was sent to me. So I'm going to go into my outbox and, like, make, like, a separate thing to see if it goes through. Okay. If we click on the link you sent in the group, according to my Gmail, it's saying that it doesn't yeah. exist. When I look it up, it says no results found. It only went through when it was under the email that you had sent me. So what if we send you our, or we post our email address if you send us an email from that account? I mean, I know it might be a little more complicated, but... I know, that's what I was trying to do, like, 20 minutes before the meeting. <laughs> and then I was realizing, this ain't working. <laughs> you pretty much got it. You pretty much got to do a lot of this stuff day before. And try one more time. I'm going to send you an email to the group there, Julian. Okay. Yeah, I just tried to type it in and it didn't go. I just sent you my Gmail. Just so, I mean, I don't know if there's something that we can do to just tag us or something in it. I don't, I don't know. That's part of the issue when I was trying to do it earlier. It won't let you do the... Like make a group email or whatever to send it to everybody that you have, you Yeah, know? yeah. It won't let you send it over to, like, the Facebook accounts or anything. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times they don't want to co oh, coincide. Copy this. I'm going to send it over to the group. Time is not always on our side, and patience is not always a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like the old saying, Lord, give me patience, but hurry. <laughs> We're always in a hurry. Can't hurry up and wait because we've got so much to do, you know? We all do. Yeah, I'm sending it now. Okay, let's see. Okay. Now I'm going to go back and try it. <laughs> 
Can you guys hear me? Yes. I, I'm going, I'm going yeah. back in my emails now. Yes, yes we, we can you. hear you. Okay, okay. I was having problems. I must have been on my Bluetooth speaker. That's why. <laughs> and your name is? Your name is? I'm Jay. I'm out of Chicago area as well. Well, good. How many kids you got? How many kids? Three kids. Three, three kids. And they all are in the system? Uh, no, I'm here for support for my girlfriend. Okay, and so how many kids are involved in the CPS case? Just the one. And she's on She's on the, the conference. I'm on the call, right. too, yeah. <laughs> so how old is the case? Um, coming up on a year now. So you're young at it. So where are you at in the process with it? Can I talk, Lindsay? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so she was scheduled. She's a victim in her situation. She's a domestic violence victim, and she was brought into the CPS because she was not addressing it because she was scared of the aggressor. So the case got brought into the situation. She was scheduled to get supervision in her custodial rights back Friday. Thursday, Children's Home and Age showed up and asked to run a background check on me because I'm on parole and I have signed my rights over to a previous child that I was incarcerated when I was trying to get my rights for. I had found out about it while I was incarcerated and then got out and then um, was incarcerated again. So I, they were going to take my rights and my future rights. So I signed my rights over to her. Now they're trying. Now they've stopped Lindsay's supervision, unsupervised visits, and took away her guardianship that she was supposed to be deemed Friday, based off of my background check. And now we're at a standstill, and that's where we're at. So, so do you have an attorney? I do. Yes. We do, and it's it's the it's the court appointed okay. attorney, well, but he 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 really. Okay, just li just listen. You got your pencil ready? Yeah. Give me one. You got one, Lindsay? I'm outside working yep. trying to take uh, She's got notes for us. Okay, go ahead. Okay, write down mob, M-O-B, action. Mob action, space, and then a hyphen, and then another space, and put down fraud upon the court. Fraud upon the court. Okay. Comma, comma, all under color of law action. All under color of law action. Okay. So read it back to me. Mob action space hyphen space fraud upon the court comma all under color of law action. Right, and so you need to bring you need to bring that conversation to the table with the attorney. 
and you right. need to explain to him, here's where he needs to go. He needs to go after him for fraud upon the court. Okay. of law action. When you got the term mob action, you're talking about the police at the door with their badges and their guns, their social workers, and the police in the in the courts with their bats and their guns again, trying to get you, trying to whip you into conforming to what they tell you to do. Yes. So it's mob action brought up under the court, all under color of law. Okay. That's the way that they operate. I've heard some of the things. What's your name, sir, if you don't mind? My name is Shorty. They call me Charlie Boy, the man of God, the speaker of truth. There you go. Amen to that. Yeah. So are you going to church? Yeah. Oh, we go to church every Sunday. We we church every day in our hearts. We listen to worship music. We watch sermons. We pray every day. Okay. She's trying. She's she's a mother that has her children ripped out of her heart. She's holding strong. Her faith is the only thing holding her on. Helping her hold okay. on. Now I'm going to bring you up to snuff. We just opened a new email group called Families at Rest Support USA Team, and we're a Gmail. Families at Rest space hyphen space USA support team at Gmail. So it's the it's same thing G- as the Facebook page, just at Gmail? Yeah, at Gmail, so we can communicate, share documents, and get educated. Perfect. And I did um, right. just like that page on Facebook, too, but it didn't ask me to add or join the group or anything. So No, it's not a group. It's a support okay. page. Okay, you know, so it's, it's like a direct it, message. Right, it, it, right. And so okay. all you have to do is uh, message me at the uh, support group, and then I'll get your email address, and I'll yep. try to add you on to the group. Everyone okay, that wants to be on the you. group, okay, send me your email address, and we'll get in there. Yep. But any, anyway, anyway, your action is this. You're going to go to Daniel 11.32. Do you know that one? Well, I know Daniel and the lion's den. I know that. Okay, well, Daniel 11.32 is this. Men who know their God display their strength and take action. Amen. Okay, and from that, every time you get out on an activity, whether it's in the court or on the streets, you're going to have an Acts 17, 6 day. And Acts 17, 6 So says, Daniel 11.32 and Acts 17, 6? Right. Acts 17, 6 says, when they found them not, they found Jason and some of the brethren, and they brought them in front of the high house. These men who have turned the whole world upside down have come hither also. Okay. Then write this one down. First Samuel chapter eleven. First Samuel chapter fourteen. Are you reading it down, Lindsay? What was it the last one? First Samuel chapter eleven 
and then chapter 14. Right. Yep, got that one. And then well, sampling. She just, she just messaged me, sorry, when you were going back and forth with the families at risk and helping everybody figure out how to get it going. And she said, I'm being patient. God led me to this for some reason, so we're going to find out what it's about. And then we start talking about God, so we know we're in the right place. Well, if you weren't, you know, then uh, the Spirit would lead you in another direction. See, the thing That's of it right. is. Amen. The thing of it is, my favorite pastime is beating up on judges, lawyers, and prosecutors. Okay. <laughs> I went up to a case. after hearing that. I went up to a case in Northwest Indiana, and I got up there, and the mom pointed out the opposing attorney, and she went in, dropped her load, and she was coming out to talk to her client. And I was over there with my finger, come here, come here. And so she came over. I said, let me introduce myself. My name is Shorty. I'm her Sixth Amendment next to friend court counsel. And I got some stuff I'd like to talk with you about. Can you get a lawyer's boot? She goes, should I bring my client? I'm like, no. This is just between you and me. And so we got in the booth. And I reached in my pocket, and I said, well, let me pull out my list. And I said, okay, let's go over it. I'm not going to let you do this, this, or this. And I want you to refrain your client from doing this and this. And her eyes got real big, and her jaw dropped to the ground. And I said, we'll go out and wait until they call the case up. And she made a beeline in there, went and told the judge, this guy's shorty's in the house. He just smoked my turkey and yours is next. And so the judge says, oh, he called the bailiff over there. She called the bailiff over there and told her to kick me out. Don't let me in his courtroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, we got the Families at Risk USA support team. And I'm going to try to work out all the kinks in it. And maybe by tomorrow, if you email me over there, then I'll, uh, or messenger me, then I'll get into uh, getting that going right. Okay. Now, here's where you want to go. You want to go to the Families at Risk legal page. I have a legal page and I have the video. And it's Are you so, there? Okay. So I see it. Families at risk. I'm still here. Yeah. Support. It's families at risk. Legal, legal page. Yes. Okay. And you got that one, Lindsay? Yeah. Do we got anybody else on the call with us still, or are we lose them all? Yeah. I'm still no, here. here. <laughs> I had a few people try to come. I I actually had a few people try to call in a little late and um they can't get in because of their phone providers. So I'm trying to think of a way. Maybe like Emma, we do I could pray. The, the room the room on Facebook, you know, how they have a group room that you can you can join. Yeah, that's what we're doing at Gmail. Okay. Hmm. 
And so the purpose of this conference call is just kind of to educate us and give us direction with with our situations then and give us an opportunity to get the information needed so we can be in direct contact with you, Shorty, and maybe you, Jillian, and everybody that can kind of do their best to help direct and guide us. Is that am I understanding? I'm always here to answer the phone if someone needs to bend or talk. Okay. Well, that's really wonderful. I'm really grateful that, uh, that God has placed this support system in our lives. Amen. See, it's not Amen. so much hey, as the what, dog's in agreement, too. You know, it's not so much as <laughs> Sorry, what was our past. Hello. It's not so much as what was our past. It's what is our future. You know who we Amen. are now. Amen. I'm going to bring up one of the videos and let everyone listen to just a little bit of it, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you so much, Shorty. Yeah. Well, I learned two nicknames. One is called the Messenger of Hope, and the other one is called, hang on a second. Trying to add someone in on a call when I dropped. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Where are you from, Jillian, with that accent? Originally uh, from Rhode Island. Rhode I love Island. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm from Chicago. I'm oh, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Everyone always makes fun of me. I can't say my R's. <laughs> I'm from Jen. You just said Rhode Island. <laughs> Okay, so everyone, everyone be still, and I'm going to turn the video on, okay? Okay. Now listen, this is very important. Okay, well basically, can you hear it? Off a moment ago, to pique your yes, interest, yeah. yeah, I can hear it. I'm going to jump to the end of the talk and tell you what I do when I go to court. The very first thing I do with the court. Before I even enter the court, I suspend the judge. The judge may not make any decisions whatsoever. He cannot make a decision against me. He cannot make a decision for me. If he makes a decision against me, I'll issue a court order vacating his decision. <laughs> if he makes a decision for me, I'll issue a court order vacating his decision. If I like the decision, I'll issue another order granting it. But I do not let the judge make any decisions at all, not one, okay? Not on his own. <clears throat> there is one case, and that case is on this CD, where the judge didn't get the message, and he issued a second decision after I had vacated his first decision. And by the way, when I vacate a decision, I don't just do like judges do and issue orders. What I do is I have an introduction to the order, which is a small course in, in law for the judge to read. I don't care about the attorneys. But the, uh, it's written for the judge. It's written on his level. And it educates him as to why it is that I'm number one and he's number two. Uh-huh. Then I give him the order. 
Okay, he gets it as a package. Now there was one judge who didn't get the message. So what I did was I fined him for contempt of court. Okay? The founding fathers really understood abuse of power. They had it up to their eyeballs with Mr. King. Old King George up there, he really was having a good time with all his uh, military coming over and harassing us, killing our people, raping them, robbing them, and not getting convicted, not punishing his soldiers. We had it. I mean, and if you want to understand the situation, just go back and read the Declaration of Independence. That's a wonderful statement of what the problem was about and why we reacted to King George. We didn't want to leave the king. We were very loyal as a people. But there were the abuses. The founding fathers understood this. Well, they didn't really understand it. They first tried the uh, Confederacy. That didn't really work so well. So the Constitution was the second attempt at it. Now, in my opinion, the, the Constitution is one of the finest documents ever, ever created. But it's being ignored. And you see problems around you today, in my opinion, they're not because of the Constitution. They're because the Constitution is being ignored. And why is it being ignored? Because ignorance is rampant now. They do not teach civics in school anymore. The very first school that was mandatory, public school, the very first mandatory public school was populated under military supervision. The children were escorted to the school against the parents' wishes by the military. Not the police, but the military. Now, why was it so important for the federal government or whatever government was that brought the soldiers out, why was it so important for them to go to that extreme, which basically was illegal, unconstitutional? Well, because the key to population control is mindset, and they had to get them in. From the 1850s to the 1950s, they gradually stripped out the subject of civics and replaced it with a new subject called American government. Has anybody seen that in school? Okay. What's the difference? Okay. So what's the first thing he does when he goes into court? He suspends the judge. And if the judge keeps issuing orders, he got mad and held the judge at contempt of court and fined her. Hello. Yeah, we're done. Yep. Oh, you got to raise your hand every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> we were just being good students and being quiet, listening. I'm listening, yeah. <laughs> okay, and now I'm going to bring in the ex excerpt. I have the uh, people or a citizen. Which one are you? That it were people. One of the people, yeah, that's right. That's where I'm at. I like being people. But it's in a place, right? I have fun being it. If you go at the Families at Risk USA support team, there's uh, a post up there 
that has links to all of these videos and such. And so you. And can, what was uh, that again? The Families at Risk Legal Group. Yeah, that's the legal group one. But if you go to the USA Support Team, there's a post that has all the pages that we currently have. So anyway, yeah. let me play a little bit of this video. And we'll get educated. Main page. And then uh, in the long run, we'll go to the foundation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And in the foundation, we have here, uh, people or citizen, which one are you? Okay. So we'll click on that. And this comes up with an article about the difference between people and citizen. Now, Basically, what it is is that uh, when this country was, we have a little feedback on this, I think. Just leaving too much feedback on the mic. But when this country was founded, uh, it originally was was uh, a bunch of revolutionaries broke away from England, and the king canceled all the charters, so that uh, uh, there basically was no connection. Right. And volume, you're adjusting the volume, Dennis. Okay. So basically, there was no connection between the uh, uh, the king, Great Britain, and ourselves anymore. Uh, as far as the king was concerned, he still owned everything. As far as we were concerned, he didn't. But there was no legal connection because the king revoked all the charters. And we made our own statement of independence. And at that point, there was no government, not legally, so everybody became a sovereign. Okay. Now there were some of us sovereigns who formed organizations that that were formerly called colonies and now were called states. Okay, and so these these organizations got together and they they created this thing called the uh, uh, Confederation. Okay, and uh, so they had the Articles of uh, Confederation, and that worked for a while, but then it really didn't work. So they sent, each of the states sent their emissaries to a big meeting, and at that big meeting, the emissaries uh, basically went off on a tangent and said, well, what we really need to do is just rewrite this whole thing. But this time, instead of the states doing it, they did it as people, still sovereign. And the theory they had was the Lockean theory that the, uh, you know, Locke was the uh, philosopher, as opposed to Hobbes. Uh, Hobbes said power comes from the top and goes down to the people. Locke says power comes from the people and goes up to the top to the government. And so our basic philosophy is Lockean. And um, they, uh, in the preamble, they basically said, we the people ordain and establish this constitution for you guys over there called the United States of America. Listen to this. So we're still acting with our sovereign powers and, and then what we said, if you read through the Constitution, toward the end it says that, okay, here's the game plan. And if nine of you organizations that call yourselves states will come on board with this plan, then it's a go. If we don't get nine of you at least, then it's a no-go. But the people put it together, proposed it, and said, okay, now you can volunteer into it, to the states. The uh, states did volunteer into it, 
And so now uh, we had the United States of America, and uh, they're, they're contracting, and there's actually court cases that, that recognize that the United States of America, as it's presently constituted, is by authority of the people and not by authority by the state, and the states are contracted in. And the people are still sovereign because it says we ordain and establish this constitution for whom? For the United States of America. Okay, well, when we ordain and establish, what does ordain and establish mean? Well, Listen. the ordain part means to authorize, to make law. The, the uh, <clears throat> establish means we actually put it on paper so you can read it, publish it, spread it around, create it. So we ordain and establish. Now, there's nothing about those two words, ordain and establish, that takes away from our sovereignty. We're still kings. Okay? Well, this is very painful to government. They couldn't stand that. So they had to figure a way. And don't, get, don't, don't uh, underestimate these people. These people um, think in 100-year terms or 200-year terms. Okay? And one of the first signs of it, well, there are many first signs, of course, but one of the major first signs was when they took over the first uh, mandatory public school. You see, the first, you have to understand that when the United States broke away from England, we were a mature society. We were not just a bunch of colonists running around trying to figure out what to do. We had, we had education. We had knowledge here. We had people who were experienced and, and educated in history and, and new stuff. Do you realize that in 1776, Harvard University, which was owned by a church, was over 100 years old? Okay? So we're not just a bunch of bushmen running around in the forest wondering what to do. And we put together a really excellent system. In fact, the more I study it, the more I see, boy, these guys were sharp. But no matter how sharp they were, they did miss one point. At that time, uh, and for many decades, all education pretty much was private. The parents got together, hired the teachers for their kids. They had local control. You've heard of local control for schools. Well, they really had real local control. They had real homeschooling. And uh, um, so in the 1850s, um, the government, I don't remember which city it was, but the government brought out the military and escorted the first children for the first mandatory public school. And that was the beginning of the public school system in the mandatory sense. There were public schools, but that was the mandatory public school. Now, why was it so important? Well, they couldn't change the Constitution. There was too much resistance there, so they changed the education system. From the 1850s to the 1950s, they stripped out the subject of civics and replaced it with a new subject that you're all pretty much familiar with. It's called American government. You ever take Okay. Well, I think that'll be enough to give us a little bit of taste of what's going on. But anyway, that that teacher is Bill Thornton. He's with the Nitty Gritty Law Library, and uh, he's been a good teacher of mine, and so I share him Did with a lot that? of people. Can you say his name Bill, again? Bill Thornton with the Nitty Gritty Law Library, but you can find him up there at the Families at Risk Legal Group. Okay, cool. Nitty gritty law. Well, law library. And see, he's got the Sovereignty 101 videos.
which is 13, and he talks like he did well ago, where he says the first thing he does when he goes into court is to suspend the judge. And that's in the first video. And I went through all 13 of the videos three times to try to find out how he did it. And then I got in the forms on number 10, and then he tells how he did it. So I got probably 101 video and forms number 10 back to back on my legal page. Oh, forms number 10? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and those are both on the Families at Risk legal page. Right. The 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 uh, sovereignty one one video video. It has a picture of the U.S. Constitution on it. Yeah, we okay. the people. And then the other one forms number ten has an American flag on. It. Well, you can easily okay. find that there. Yeah, uh, I think I scrolled through and seen these already. They were kind of early on in the page. They were at the top, sort of, weren't they, the first few posts? Yeah. Well, the, the, the first post on the, on the legal page is people or citizen. Which one are you? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, okay. talking, I'm referring to the uh, uh, USA the support. Facebook I didn't go and add the legal group yet. Let me go to that one. On the U.S. On the U.S. legal team, there's a thing called rules of engagement. And if you're walking down the sidewalks and there's a bunch of storefronts and you get ready to go into that store and you see a sign in the window that says, no weapons allowed, that's called rules of engagement. And so you have a right, if you're going to contract with someone, to set up the rules of engagement. Right, as in a contract with a lawyer. Yes. Let's see if I can uh, give us a little sound bite on that. Turn your order. Okay, I'm going to have to go up one. No, that's a wrong one. Okay, well, we can probably do that. Okay, on the rules of engagement, I have this, and it goes, Dear Social Worker, and you put their name in it. This is my notice letter of intent of rules of engagement between your department and my family. It, is, it has come to my attention due to the paperwork we've received concerning the taking of our children and our involvement with your department has become a legal issue. And for that reason, we have put together the following. We got a bunch of background noise. Oh, that's probably if you, my favorite. If, if there's background noise, just hit star six and that'll mute you, but you can still hear. For that reason, we put together the following items of concerning following from the date, this date forward, with no exceptions. Item number one is communication. We are sure that your department, the juvenile court, will have questions, concerns, recommendations, or demands. Any communication between your department and the juvenile 
court shall be in written form for our record. That is, all questions, concerns, recommendations, demands, and we will gladly respond to any of all your concerns, recommendations, or demands. You can do this through the following. And then you put the email address there. And item number two has to do with meetings. We understand that you do have a right to set up meetings with, between your department and families you feel need your department services. We do not have any needs, nor are we requesting any services from any outside service providers such as yourself or recommended by your department other than our own. Should your department deny us that right to see to needs of our children, that denial shall be in written form for our record along with a copy of the policy, the procedure, or the state statute that authorizes such a denial. If you have any questions or concerns regarding this, refer to item one, communications for direction. How do you like that? Now, is this a pamphlet you're reading, or what are you reading there, uh, Shorty? The yes. paperwork's going to be up on the email once it's up and running. I so once the email's up and running, that will be forwarded okay. to us? Okay, everyone listen. Shorty has the floor. This is called the Rules of Engagement. It's the That's Notice right. Letter of Intent. You, Everything you do, you put them on notice. And you get to lay the ground rules. They don't. You do. And in this one, in this one, you will talk about communications, meetings, answering allegations, home visits, visitation, legal representation, and legal request. And I'm going to try to upgrade this with the help of the group to about uh, 12 to 14. Right now I have it at 7. And it seems to work. Are you with well, me? I know we have a no. few people that actually couldn't sit in because of the devices they're on. Well, let's get them on the email address there, sis. I know they're trying to get into it now. I'm actually talking with someone about it. Are you able to get into it? No, no it wouldn't let I'm me. Not. It wouldn't let you sign in? It said it was just didn't come up at all. For none of us that we would none of us have been able to sign in so far. Okay, but we'll get it together. Okay, no worries. Am I the only one from Texas? You might be. Well, yes, <laughs> one of the people missing is from Texas, so Oh right, Emmy. Emmy's from Texas. Let me, uh, yeah, that's who I was trying to call to get in on. Yeah. Let me get back up to the map. It won't let us put it up on Google or Gmail. Anything we type in, it says it's not. The only thing it shows is the Facebook page, the link to the Facebook page. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's early on on getting it up there, but we're going to get it there. Okay. 
Okay, and I'm at the group. No, that's not it. Okay, here we are. I'm at the group, and I'm seeing that I'm the only one on there. So I'll have to figure it out and get the get everything going. There's an old joke about how to tell if a guy is married if he lives in Arkansas. Does anyone know the answer? No. 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 Okay. Well, he's got tobacco juice down both sides of his truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what you call a goat on a mountain, Shorty? No. A hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. Mountains and hills are two well, different things, though, especially here in Texas. That's Lindsay's favorite joke. Anyway, anyway, once once we get the notice letter of intent together, that's the first thing you do is to put them on notice, and you don't veer off of it. And then there's going to be a communication order. And so everything that you do in court, you issue orders. You don't go in there, a motion for this, a motion for that. Okay? Because motions is asking permission. You're either sovereign or you're not. And if you're sovereign... Right, so asking motions is giving the judge the ability to grant or not grant. But ordering is taking charge and presenting yourself sovereign, like you said, and sovereign. sovereign. Yeah, don't use the term sovereign citizen because sovereign means that you're free and citizen means you're a slave. Right, like you said earlier, oxymoron. Right, exactly. And so you stay out of that. You don't have to say you're sovereign. All you do is say that you're one of the people. You know, the way you do your opening statement in your brief is, now comes Don Juan, one of the people, and then this quarter record. And when you say one of the people, that means you're sovereign. And then when you say in this quarter record, then that's the type of action how this case is going to be heard. Right. And if it's heard under a court of record action in common law procedure, then that means what? That means that we are number one, the judge is number two. Number two. In the court of record action, according to Black's Law Dictionary, you have the ability to find the whole contempt of court and the jail. And so if you have that ability, but you don't recognize it, then you don't get to move forward. But once you recognize it, you get to move forward. Now, two cases ago, I was in a court case in Alabama, and the judge 
had the mindset of, we got your kid, go home, be happy. And I'm like, that ain't going to work. And so then the judge issued, uh, or put a document in, and she put order on. But it really wasn't an order, but I pretended it was. And so she says, again, the mother has issued uh, an opening statement to this court, but this court has no more jurisdiction and can enter no more orders. And so I issued an order to vacate that one along with six other ones. And every time she issued one, I issued orders to vacate it. And after I did that, on the seventh order, I issued an order to vacate all of her junk and to recuse herself from the case. And so she was removed. They gave me another judge and another party invite. When you get a now new case our, number... we have a right to do that? You most certainly do if you follow the videos. Right. Every step that you just took and said. Right. But when I issued an order to vacate the judge, you know, that I issued an order for her to recuse herself, she granted it and she was glad to get out of there. And well, the, yeah, uh, she, court she wasn't matched with no regular old pushover. Right. That's right. Because I entered a counterclaim, I entered a 21 count indictment. I entered articles of fraud into the court, and they're like, whoa, wait a minute, we can't contend with this. And so she jumped ship and gave me a new, uh, a new judge. And then the first How'd that entry, new judge handle you? Well, when they give you a case number, your case number is like a card going through a secured door. you got to stick it in the card reader, and if it's the right number, you get to come into that door. And so with the new uh, case number, that's called a party invite. Okay? And you get a party invite, that means you get to come up into their little fun house. That's called the courts. Okay? And so my first entry on that case was 22 briefs before the judge. And the judge looked at it and like, wow. And so Within five days, I issued another 22 briefs before the court. I was at 44, and the judge was like, dang, does this guy ever quit? Are you with me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm mute. <laughs> yeah, but you got to understand the terms and know how to do it. Now, when you get a letter from a lawyer... He, at the top of that letter is a letterhead that says Jones & Jones, attorney at law, address, phone number, fax number, and all that, right? Right. Yes, it does. Okay. And so I have created the number one letterhead for families. And what's that? To represent yourself, you're saying? No, I don't. No. The letterhead. Let me see if I can pull that up. Okay. Okay. Now, the letterhead at the top. The letterhead at the top 
it will have the uh, the client's name, okay, like Don Juan. You know the story about Don Juan? The pimp Anybody? Don Juan? Oh, no. No. The, the thing about Don, Don Juan, here's the thing about Don Juan. If you Don Juan one, you Don Juan them all. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. You like that? Well, anyway, you have a name up at the top in bold, and then cursive, it says Don Juan. And then right below it, you got a line going all the way across, left to right. And at the top of the line, you got the term sui juris. And the term sui juris is the status of your client. And so the status of the client, sui juris, is sovereign unto himself, beholding to none. That's the old Latin term. You're in Article 4, Section 2, citizen, with immunities and privileges. And I'm thinking about adding that behind the sui juris with a hyphen and then putting that in there. Okay, and so under that, on the line from the left to the right, there's a comment. And it doesn't say attorney at law. It says parent and defender of the home front. Are you like that? That's How would you like them to look at you as a parent and defender of the home front? Exactly. That's the goal. That's what they need to respect. Okay. And so if you go all the way to the right, where you would have your address, phone number, fax number, you put in there non-resident. A non-resident is domiciled. And the word domiciled means you are where you are. Right. There's no resident. If you're my res resident is my physical presence. Right. The location of my physical and, presence. And so, is that what you're saying? Right. So in other words, below that, then you put in an email address. So that's how they're going to communicate with you. And then below that, you get a line for a date, and then you got a line for attention, so-and-so, and so-and-so. You know, you got the social worker and the DHR director and their address, uh, you know, such-and-such such county department of human services, and then their address and such. Then below that, you have regarding, okay? And on this one, it's a notice letter of intent, rules of engagement. And then you put the case number on there because that's where you're at. You got a party invite to come to their little fun house. Right. That's where the case number is. And then below that, below that, then you put in notice letter of intent, rules of engagement. But all of that that I just read you is the case header. It's right. an attorney's So it takes care of all that for you as you present your documents and you're taking care of all of that right in the door. Well, it's like this. Do you want to run around in a car with a little force owner or do you want to run around in a car with a V8? Exactly. And if you have a V8 and you've been doing pretty good in it, and by the time you meet me, 
you're going to want to follow my suit, and you're going to want to change it from a two-barrel to a four-barrel. And the further you get the information from me, then you add the turbocharger. Are you there? Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yes. Yes. So every step of the way, I'm going to teach you how to upgrade your status and to make you more powerful. Now, if I give you a full-blown, let's say, a Chevy model car like an Impala, but it doesn't have an engine in it, and they come over there and they say, oh, well, look at this, and they pop the hood, no engine, they can run circles around you. So you've got to decide what type of engine you want in there, a four-stoner, an eight-stoner, a four-barrel, a turbocharger. And so once you find all this stuff, you get it, you've got to understand how to install it. And that's where all the education comes from. When I do a court brief, I'll start out with something simple like a 22 caliber gun, okay, which is a real small one. And then I'll bring it up to a 38, then to a 45. And by the time I get ready to go into court, it's an M16 with a grenade launcher on it. Right. And I tweak the you. document. I tweak these documents to where they're so powerful, there's no wiggle room for them. You can't give them no wiggle room. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm and sorry, so, I had you on mute again. That's what I was saying was that, yeah, it lets them know that they can't be the courtroom gesture anymore and try and take control of the situation. Okay. Back in 2001, see, I, my case came in 2000, and so I've been doing this for 21 years. I've been studying wow. organic law, common law, courts of record, and I do real well. I have not lost a case since 1995, and I've had quite a few encounters in the courts. And so, in what, 2001, what did you say your name was again? And there's a reason for that. That's why. Well, my name is Shorty, but they call me Charlie Boy, the man of God, the speaker of truth. Amen. And my nickname, my nickname is called the Messenger of Hope, the Problem Solver. Messenger of Hope, the problem solved. That's a beautiful name. In other words, I'm going to put the gospel into everything that I do, and then I'm going to yeah. give you the answers how to resolve your case. Amen. How old are you, Shorty? You really want to know? <laughs> oh, I'd be, ble I'd be honored and blessed to know. Yeah, that's rude. I'd say you're 65. No, it's not rude. He just wants to know. You ready? I'm ready. I'm sitting down. I'm a double six. Six, six. I said 65. Did you hear me? No. I, I was not last year. 65. Yeah. And I do real well in everything I do, just about. You know, every once in a while, I'll slip up on this, but... Then I'll issue an order to vacate all that there 
or issue <laughs> in order to uh, update it, you know? Yeah. Well, well, we are human. Oh, yeah. We all are. Now, you said did you go to church? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I'm the one with Lindsay. So we go to church okay. and listen to sermons every day and pray and praise and worship. And Okay. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says about the church. Okay? Listen real close. The Bible says there ain't the Bible says there ain't but two churches and one of them's a counterfeit. Wow. There's good two evil. churches and one of them's a counterfeit. Now here's the thing. I'm going to make sure that everyone gets a copy of the teaching taking back your half an acre. Okay? And it's from taking back your half an acre is discussing First Samuel chapter 14. First Samuel, the one that you gave us earlier? Yeah, First Samuel 14. You can read it, but you need to hear Pastor Carter Carter Colon from the Times Square Church to give you the real spin on Say that one more time. It's first Samuel what I'm going to it right now. I got my book out here. I've had it the whole time. I was reading it before we Well, here's what you do. Go up to uh, go up to YouTube. I'm writing this YouTube. Yeah, Jordan. I, I, Jordan, I got to answer this call. It's saying. All right. So right. I'm gonna flash over. Okay. All right. right. If you can swap over, get back. Let me know. All right. I'm going to try. Okay. All right. Bye. So that's that's her boy. So her boy. She because she still gets to call oh, and yeah. FaceTime him and read read books to him and stuff. You know, he's five. Awesome. Like I said, she just had, she just had him five days a week up until this week, and she was supposed to get him home Friday. So she just missed him this first week and was without him. But his schedule's been changing and stuff, and he's five. So he's hip to things because he's got the foster home, he's got mom's home, dad's home, and then he's got, you know, grandma's homes and stuff. And so he knows, but he's really smart, and he's, I don't know, he's fighting emotionally really good. He's putting up a really good battle, so. But yeah, Hello? so this was her first weekend without him. Let's see Hello? if everyone can go up to YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, yeah. okay. Go to YouTube. Yep. You had YouTube. When everyone's there, say aye. 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 Okay. And type back, type in, taking back my half an acre, taking back my half an acre, and then type in Carter Cole. Rollo, shush. Sorry, y'all. Carter, Carter, Carter Cole, you said? Yes. Conlin or Colin? Colin. 
Okay, got it. Worldwide prayer meeting two months ago, about 45 minutes long? No. Oh, no, no. The first one is there. It's 40 minutes. Yep. It's purple, Carter Conlon, and green, taking back your hat, Baker, and he's sitting there in his suit with his arms crossed. Yeah. Save okay. that. Save it. And every, everyone will be encouraged by that teaching. Okay. All right. Started playing. Sorry about that. Carter Connolly. Okay. So that's homework. Okay. Right. And then once you get that, you you'll have a, a more empowered yourself by listening to that. Okay. Do you remember that's what that last first Samuel verse was you said to us before this? Uh, the other one was First Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 14. And that was earlier. And was that what you were just referring to before you started talking about Carter Coleman? Yeah, Carter Coleman is the teacher. Okay. Okay, understood. Okay, thank you, because I just missed what you were saying a minute before you started talking about him. So I was taking notes and missed So Thank you. Yeah. So we're all going to try to get on to the, the Femmes at Risk group that I just put up, and then we can be cooking with butane because I can send out instructions throughout the week and everyone can get it, and then at the end of the week we can go over it. Okay. okay. And then everyone who has a question about a document can issue a, a question, and then we can go from there, okay? Okay. Um, I have a question. I had a previous case with CPS. Um, my children have been, unfortunately, adopted, and I found myself pregnant. Um, I was told that I'm back on CPS radar just out of spite. Um, I was told there's a 209A that I should be looking into filing. Is that something you would recommend? Uh, yeah, it's called a midwife. <laughs> yeah, they won't. They won't do well. I have a nurse friend that's actually going to be my midwife, but um, they uh, most of the midwives won't take on my case because I have epilepsy and um, three previous C sections. So anyone certified, board certified, will not accept me. But I have a nursing friend who has her nursing license that's willing to do it. So that's what I'm doing. However. Um, 209A is supposed to be a kind of a restraining order against CPS. Is that true? Do what now? Uh, there's a form 209A that I was recommended to file um, against CPS. It's a litig litigation, litigation, I think is what they said. It's kind of it's a type of restraining order so that they can't harass me with your baby. The new baby, right? Oh, okay. good that you're saying this too. Let me just cut in real quick because Lindsay is also pregnant with my child, but they're not aware, and she's scared that the same thing's going to happen. So me I'm too. Shut up now. And I, listen to you. No, I'm scared about the same thing. I want to nip it in the bud before it happens because these monsters are not going to yep, take the this child. This is why God sent us to this tonight. That's what Lindsay was saying, and this is what she's <laughs> most worried about too because they already have one. So please keep one, and I'm just going to keep taking notes. Exactly. Go to the midwives. Okay. Okay. And the midwives are very popular in the Amish communities. Yes. And just for everyone's reference, when we're talking Amish, 
there's the old order and then there's the new order. And the old order is very legalistic. And the new order is a little bit liberal. And I am Amish. I'm an offshoot of the new order, of the second okay. order. Okay. And seeing just like with the Baptists, you got the General Baptists, you got the uh, First Baptists, you you got the Free Will Baptists, you got the Southern Baptists, but they're all Baptists. Mm-hmm. And same way with the, uh, see, not too many people are familiar with the second order uh, offshoot of the Amish community, but I'm here. Okay. And see, when I was in federal court down in, in Kentucky with a client, uh, I asked all the Amish people, uh, do you need an ID to get in there? They're like, no, 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 no. And so I dropped in line, and after about 15 went in there, the U.S. Marshals uh, grabbed me off to the side, and they said, we need to see your ID there, shorty. And I'm like, uh, wait a minute, you ain't asking none of the rest of them. They're like, well, Amish people, they don't do picture IDs. Oh, well, I'm Amish today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right? And so right I bet- Amish is a religion. How are you going to tell me I'm not Amish? Isn't that right? Uh, it's not really a religion. It's a culture. A culture? culture right yeah. yeah okay right but it's the same it's freedom of culture freedom of religion so i could be amish today if i want to be amish today That's right. <laughs> it's also a way of living okay well, that's what culture is. to hold the conversation but what is the midwife can you educate me on that i'm unfamiliar as the male in this conversation well a midwife is an individual that knows how to birth childs and they I don't hate. do it they don't do it with any other uh, state organization. Okay, so I had um, a previous pregnancy with the midwife, but we lost early on, so I didn't get to understand and be educated on what exactly it was. But she would be in charge of birthing the child, like the the doctor, the gynecologist, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Okay. And what is the purpose of have... doing this with the courts? What is the intention of me going that route well, instead of going think, to the Well, it keeps the state out of it. The hospital won't interfere either. Exactly. The hospital always lets know child protection services when they got pregnant women in their care. Yep, mandated and reporters. They will, they, they will let them know the expectation date of when the child is going to be birthed and where. Okay, check this and out. So we just th- had our first. We just had our first doctor's appointment today. And they asked me my name, and I said, is this confidential? And she said, yes. So we should not further on with right now. Or so can we talk about this privately more and on the face, on the families at risk individual or through contact information? Do whatever you want to do. You can also friend request me on Facebook if you want. Um, I've done some research on it, too. And I'm, okay, I'm currently pregnant, so if it helps. It's Jennifer K. Haver. Jennifer K. And spell it. H A V as in Victor E R. Haver. Okay, and you're on Facebook. Yeah. Let me go look right now. Yes. Yeah. Let me see. Where are you at? 
I'm in Texas, but I've been doing yeah. a lot of research on, on midwives and, and this whole thing, my six months' worth of pregnancy. So You in Lavernia, Texas, and you're friends with Jillian. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> my name's Jordan. I'll go by Jay when I'm not knowing who I'm talking to. Jordan, Jordan Smith? <laughs> no, it's, it's just Jay or Jordan. Not, I'm just kidding. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. And okay, Jordy, I just want to make I, sure the way I can accept your can request. We, are you guys friendly enough to exchange, like, or can, okay, well, as long as we have a direct contact somehow at this point, I don't care how it is. And, Jordy, well, I, can to, I can message you on the family at risk. You're the, yes. you know, you're the creator of that? Yes. I'm the okay. founder and the president of Families at Risk for over 21 years. And you okay, can always so, connect through, there's no place like home at where I am, so. Yeah. And who is that, Jillian? Yes. No place like home is your Facebook. Yeah, I'm founder of this no place like home. Earlier. National Rights Families. Yep. Okay, cool. And Lindsay's already involved in that one, right? Yep. That's how you guys uh, got in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi, this is Tina Salinas. Um, I'm also on Facebook for um, We Are the Voice for the Silence and Afflicted, and I just had a question, if you guys don't mind at all. Okay. I was invited by Jillian, just to let you know. <laughs> I told you some people might be jumping in a little late. Hi, Tina. Hi, how's it going? Um, I had a situation with my five-year-old that's still kind of technically going on. The court hearing was finalized, but... Um, I pretty much was shut up and had no choice but to take a um, bargain with the judge because I was threatened that she would take my son and give him to the abuser, although he was indicated through CPS reports, doctors, um, just extensive bruising on my son and subjected to abuse weekly. Um, basically, I have a 45-minute phone conversation with my lawyer, which she pleaded with me not to continue with the hearing. Um, and which I didn't because I was afraid they were going to take my son and give him to the abuser. But um, now that the case is over with, um, as of right now, I'm trying to look online to do another judicial committee um, filing complaint against them. But is there anything further that I can do that maybe you can suggest? Because I just feel like <laughs> I'm not getting anywhere because my son is still being subjected to abuse. And I really don't even know what else to do. I've exhausted all resources I'm trying to protect my son. Hello? What happened? I'm here. Is everyone still here? Where'd Shorty go? Uh-oh, I think we lost him. Okay, well, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I came in at the wrong time, huh? <laughs> we, lost, we lost the main, main guy. What happened? <laughs> I do not know. And he's going back in. Shorty's, well, here. Shorty's here. I had to step out from the... Oh, okay. We okay, thought cool. we lost you, Shorty. Okay. I'm going an important question. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me again. <laughs> okay. Hi, Shorty. This is Tina Salinas. Um, I was wondering, I had a court hearing that was closed back in March. 
Um, the court basically was in reference to me trying to prove that dad was physically abusing my five-year-old son on weekends, on weekend visits. We pretty much each week wound up calling CPS, the police, taking him to the doctors. Um, they've all indicated him as an abuser. Uh, multiple times I tried to bring it in front of the judge. She basically has been very biased throughout this whole time. Domestic violence was involved, although I never made it seem that way. Um, they pretty much brought it up in the hearing. When the hearing came, basically dad was able to talk pretty much most of the day, and then we were readjourned to another day. My lawyer had called within that time frame, pleading with me not to continue with the hearing or the judge was going to um, take my son and give him to the abuser. I do have her recorded. Um, with her saying that, so when okay. The well, I have a couple questions. Okay, is this over a divorce? No, divorce was already finalized many years ago. Okay, so out of the divorce, what was the agreement? Um, the agreement was just full custody was granted to me. Dad never went into. Um, sign any of the papers because it was domestic violence basically the judge signed the divorce for us um, okay so there was never any visitations stipulated in there because he never he never showed up for court so um, okay so is there any kind of visitation now yeah he gets my son unsupervised um, every week every weekend I'm sorry and so did you agree to that um, I had no choice to agree to that. I was pretty much threatened by the courts if I didn't stop the hearing that they were going <laughs> to an abuser. <laughs> I have it recorded. Did well, now, you were issued an order to do what? I was told by my lawyer that the judge is going to give my son to the abuser if I continued with the hearing. The purpose of the hearing was to provide evidence that dad was abusing my son because every time I would motion in the court, um, okay, so let, listen, just listen. So then you were going to present to the court evidence of foul play by him, right? I'm sorry? You were going to issue, you were going to present to the court foul play by him, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, every time I tried to either put an order of protection or seek a modification for him to receive supervised visitations through Catholic Charities, the motion was denied. Why are you, okay, so you went to the court asking, right? Yes. Okay, you don't go to the court asking, you go to the court issuing orders. Well, we did. We issued a modification order. We also no, 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 you didn't issue an order. You asked for an order. We you did put file in a motion. Yeah, you, we filed. You, filed, you filed a motion to modify, right? Yes. Okay, that's a motion. That's not an order. Okay, so what is my what is what what are my <laughs> what are my options now that the hearing is over with? Because my lawyer is telling me I don't have a right to appeal, being that I agreed to my oh. son visiting with dad. Lawyers, liars. Okay, so so cool. then your option right now is to go back where you came from and start issuing orders. Yep. Okay, and even though it's going to be put in front of the same biased judge, that I have to worry about her 
you know, threatening to take yeah. my son again. Here's you missed the beginning, but you can suspend your judge. Okay. Or I'm going to take the venue. Okay. So here, here's the thing. You've got to get an understanding of your status. Your status has to change. Right now, you're coming in as a 14th Amendment citizen. You need to go under the Article 4, Section 2 citizen with immunities and privileges. I'm sorry, you said what in Article 4 what? Article, Article 4. I'm writing everything down in case you don't you miss something. Okay. Well, we all can't talk at the same time, so you know, if I can't answer the question, I'll have someone else to answer it. Okay. But anyway, the the situation that you're under is is this the Fourteenth Amendment, and I'll read it, and it starts off with. All those that are born here and are naturalized. You have to be born here or naturalized. Okay, and then it's got the word and. And after that, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof is citizens and citizens in the state where they reside. But when, when the people got upset in 1776 on July 4th, they issued... The Declaration of the Declaration of what is it? Independence. And so what they told the king was they were no longer going to be his subjects. And so there was a party to get back in. Just let you guys know. Okay. So, in other words, when the king got the message that the people were no longer going to abide by his rules, in other words, be, their, be his subjects, he said, well, if you're going to be that away, screw you all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vacate all of your charters. And so there was a mutual agreement back in 1776 between the king and the people. But as the government kept growing and growing, it introduced the Bill of Rights. And in it, it put this instrument called the 14th Amendment issue. And with it, it says, all those that are born here are naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens and the citizens in the state where they are. So do you want to subject yourself to their jurisdiction? I want to be for my son's, my son's right to live without abuse. That's what I want to do. Well, you've got, you've got to exert your authority. And if you're a 14th Amendment citizen, you don't have any authority. They do. So you've got to change, you've got to change your status. And your status has to come to the realm of being sui juris. Okay, and the, the, the term sui juris is an old Latin term that says that you're sovereign unto yourself, beholden to none. In other words, they don't have any authority over you. 
And every action that's presented in the court must be presented under a court of record action under common law procedures. And once you do that, according to Black's Law Dictionary, you have the ability to find, to hold a contempt of court, and to jail. And that's when you become powerful. But you've got to bring yourself to that realm. You've got to educate yourself and who you are. You're not a person that wants to lay down and let them run over you. Right. Making sense? Am I making sense? Yes, definitely. So you got to get up, you got to start standing, and you got to start walking under the term Sui Gris. Stopping yourself older than the nun. Get educated. We've got 12 pages up there for the Families at Risk group, and one of them is the legal page. And now I just opened up an email support group that's going to allow people to get all the education through the emails. Okay. Now, I don't charge for anything that I do in these legal realms, but I am open to uh, donations. And if anything becomes beneficial and you've saved yourself some money from having to deal with these lame brain attorneys, which are whores for the court, then uh, <laughs> and you want to do something for me, you all do is get a hold of me, and then we'll do something. And I have the volunteer page up, the Families at Risk volunteer page, and you can go up there and see if any of that stuff applies to you. If you have talents and abilities, then you can go up there and start applying some of it by... Uh, Ask them to help out here, there, or here, there. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Well, families at risk, ever since November last year, I've opened up the Fire Defense Alliance, that's FAR, standing for Families at Risk, which has been around for 21 years. Officially, it's 19, but it's easier for me to say 21 because we're in 2021. <laughs> we really so, appreciate you, Jordan. Thank you. And the thing of it is, is that I can teach people how to beat up on judges, prosecutors, and lawyers. Yeah, because they like to beat up on us, so why not? <laughs> I, I told this one earlier, and I'm going to retell it. I was in court up in northwest Indiana, and I was sitting with the client, and she pointed out the attorney, the opposing attorney, when they came in. And it was a divorce case, and the husband says, oh, you can just come in and join with me, and then... We can use one attorney and it'll be a whole lot cheaper. She goes, no, I'm going to get my own attorney. And so there was a dispatch on the Internet that said, we got a mom that needs help 
And I'm over there waving my hand. Yeah, here I am. And so we got together. And we went up there and she pointed out the opposing attorney. And so the attorney went in to drop her load. And when she did, she came back out, was wanting to talk to her client. And she saw me sitting next to the mom. And I'm over there with my finger, come here, come here. And so the attorney comes over. And I said, let me introduce myself. My name is Shorty. And I'm her Sixth Amendment next to court counsel. And I got some stuff I'd like to go over with you before we have court. Can you get a lawyer's booth for us? And she goes, yeah. Should I bring my client? I said, no, this is just between me and you. See, I didn't want him to see me beating up on her. And so we got in the lawyer's booth, and I reached in my pocket, and I said, well, I got a list of things I'd like to go over with you before we go into court. So I pulled it out, and I looked at it, and I said, I'm not going to let you do this, this, or this, and I want you to refrain him from doing this and this. And her eyes got real big. Her jaw dropped to the ground. And I said, well, I guess we'll go out there and wait and have a seat on the bench until they call the case up. Well, she made a beeline in there, went in there and told the judge, this guy Shorty's here. He's not too happy. He just smoked my turkey, and you're next. And she goes, well, we'll see about that. So she sick the bailiff on me and wouldn't allow me in the courtroom. Wow. You get it? Okay, well, that's not right. That's right. But I'm working on that Sixth Amendment argument. Do you have, it's called do you have services that you do for, like, okay. individually for services? Or, you know, uh, is there, do you do, like, uh, <clears throat> helping us to communicate with lawyers individually for services or anything? Oh, yeah. You can bet on that. The first thing I do is tell and the so lawyer we, they're fine. We can reach you through the families at risk if we wanted to talk to you about something like that. Yep, and eventually you're going to be on the group, and that's what the group is going to be about. Kind of teaching us how to do it on our own also. That's right. I want everyone to do a little mini shorty. <laughs> no more being one of the little guys. No. <laughs> So where's your case at? What state? Uh, it's New York State, Erie County. Okay. Oof. Here's what I want you to do for an encouragement. Okay. Uh, I want you to go to YouTube. Write down YouTube. Okay, okay. and I want you to write down. The sermon is called Taking back my half an acre. Taking back my half an acre. Okay, and it's by Carter Colon. Okay. D-O-L-L-O-N. D-O-L-L-O-N, you said? Yes, Carter Colon. Okay. If you can pull it up now. You can save it, and I'll I'll verify you're the right one. Okay, just a second. And Jillian said that she would also add this to the 
the page as well to remind us what to do. Yes. Right, Jillian? Yep. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. It seems there is a light at the end of the tunnel after all. There most certainly is. Oh. And, and the Bible said, the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. Amen to that. That's definitely true. Okay, I have it. Did you find it? Yep. Okay, and so is there a picture with it? Yes, there was a guy holding his arms um, with the suit That's on. Him. That's him. Okay. All right, I have it for safer later on my phone. That's right. Okay. So the main thing is that everyone that has an active case has to change their what? Status. Status. Their right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... I will teach you how to generate your own letterhead. A letterhead is like when you get a letter from an attorney. At the top, it'll say Jones & Jones, attorney at law, address, phone number, fax number, and all that, right? Uh-huh. And so the letterheads that I have, let's see here. It starts off with the client's name at the top and then a line from left to the right. And at this moment, it says at the top of the line to the left, sui juris. And below it, it says parent and defender of the home front. And off to the right, it says non-resident. And then it's got an email address. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. The term sui juris means you're sovereign unto yourself, beholden to none. That means that you are no longer a 14th Amendment citizen. You're an Article 4, Section 2 citizen. And I'm going to add this to the letterhead. So when I got sui juris, I'm going to put a space, a hyphen, and a space, and then I'm going to put... Article 4, Section 2, Citizen. And if, and if you have a current case, let's see here. Let me see if I can pull this other one up. Oh, I'm going to have to go into another file. The family's arrest file is huge. Huge. <clears throat> One of the first things you want to do with CPS 
is that you want to set up rules of engagement. And picture yourself walking down the sidewalk in the middle of town square, and you see a store that you want to go into. And so you see a sign in the window that says, no weapons allowed. That's called rules of engagement. In other words, you're going to contract as soon as you go through the door that you're not going to bring in any kind of weapons, okay? Okay? Yep. Okay. And so I have this thing called a notice letter of intent, rules of engagement orders. It's not just a rule of engagement. It's just not something that uh, that's just out there. It's an order. Everything that you do from this point on will be orders. Because you're sui juris. You're sovereign to yourself. And so you have a right to make up the rules of engagement and call it orders. And if they violate the order, then you have the right to come after them. And so in this rule of engagement, I have a seven-point outline. And number one is communication. And I'll read number one. We are sure that your department and the juvenile court will have questions, concerns, recommendations, or demands. Any communication between your department, the juvenile courts, shall be in written form for our record. Not none of this open conversation. Do not have open conversations with these people. And says that is all questions and concerns and recommendations and demands, and we will gladly respond to all your questions, concerns, recommendations, recommendations, or demands. You can do so through the following, and then you put an email email address. Okay, the first thing you want to discuss with them is communication. Can we you have our lawyers? Um, can we have our lawyers assert this in the courts for us that we're, we're that we want to have all this through the email and all that? Only no personal conversation. You're talking about no personal conversations with the caseworkers, with the agencies, with the state, things of that nature. Correct? Like oh, all right. I'm I'm talking about no open communication shall be done with any state actor. If they're a part of the state, it doesn't matter if they're a lawyer. Right, I'm saying if they're a CPA. Okay, okay, so your your comment is this. I don't have anything to say. Anything i got to say will be in front of the magistrate, under the oath, and on the record. In front of the magistrate? In front of the magistrate, under the oath, and on the record. Out in the open and on the record? You, yeah, under the oath, on the record. Okay. That's your comment as far God, as having an open we conversation. Serve, we serve an amazing okay. God, I'll tell you that much. Okay, so listen to this. 
any time that they say that you can't do this or you can't do that or they have the right to do this or they have the right to do that, here is your comment. In the spirit of cooperation, I kind of missed that law, that policy, that procedure you're trying to apply. In the spirit of cooperation, can you show me that law, policy, or procedure that you're trying to apply? Okay, and here's the example. The, the father got arrested, was thrown in jail to cool his jets. The mother had to show up in court. And the DJO, the deputy juvenile officer, says, oh, we plan on giving you visitation rights. We just need you to sign the visitation agreement form. And so the form says that the mother agrees not to bring a recording device and or a person to or a person of her choosing, such as a lay minister, a pastor, her uncle, or whatever, to the visitation. And so when the dad got out of jail, the dad looked over what had happened while he was in jail, and he issued a notice to rescind on signature. In other words, that was an act beyond the state's authority and is not governed by a statute. And so the notice to rescind is something that you want to do early on in your case, saying that you no longer agree to anything that you've agreed to at this point. And is it then just after and then is there any more words after that? Well, I'm going to change that. It's a notice to rescind order. Or it's going to be a notice to rescind with orders. Okay? And so after that is done, you do what they call a request for emissions. It's called request for emissions. Admissions like I'm being admitted. Okay, so the document request for admissions is to entrap them in their own doings. Okay, and so under item 18, we put this. On a request for admissions, they have to either omit or deny the line item. The line item 18 says, omit to refrain the mother from bringing a recording device or a person of their choosing to the visitation is an act beyond the state's authority and is not governed by a statute. So for them to answer that line item, if they say, oh, we do have that authority, then they would have to give the statute or the policy or the procedure that overrides the parent's authority to have whoever they want around their children. Is anything Can you say that last that? part again? Can you say that last part again? Okay. On line item 18, it said, for them to admit to refrain the mother from a recording device or a person of their choosing to the visitation was an act beyond the state's authority and is not governed by a statute. And so if 
they say that, oh, we did have the authority to do that, then they would have to show the statute or the law that overrides the parent's authority. Now, does that mean... Now, you said it isn't governed by what? The statute. Governed or... by a statute, statute law or a policy. Okay, and then that's when you request that they show you that there is a law that they're able to do that with. And what you're yeah. talking about is for them to take custodialship of the children now, I'm, what I'm, without our agreement, correct? What, what I was saying regarding to the visitation agreement form that they put together, they called right, notice to rescind with an order, okay, and so you no longer agree to that anymore, and you're asking them in the spirit of cooperation, I kind of missed that law, that policy, that procedure you're trying to apply. Can you show me that law? Right. Yep. Do I you got notes on all that, and I got, I even got the sweet little jazzy dazzy voice for him, like you do. You sound great. I got it. I got all the notes on all that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shorty. I've been writing everything down. Okay. And so what's the first thing you want to do? You don't want to have communication with them through any other way other than written form. Okay, go ahead. You got something to say, Mom? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I unmuted you by accident. I was answering my husband. <laughs> I apologize. Okay. Hopefully your husband's listening too. <laughs> Actually, he's working on a vehicle, but yes, I've got you on speaker, so he hears. What kind of vehicle? Our our Dodge pickup truck. And what kind of repair? Uh, at the moment, uh, engine repair. I had something about the transmission. Um, honestly, don't know. <laughs> I'm more wrapped oh, okay. up in my 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 legal stuff and learning. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. I got 33 years of working on cars. So if you have a question, I'm the answer guy. Well, cool. that's good to know. <laughs> 33 years. And I run circles around all those guys that are called ASE certified. I bet. Hands-on knowledge is way better. <laughs> you know, they, they got the all the patches and everything on their arms and all that there. But I just... Uh, I, I beat them up hands down every time. <laughs> I, I'm very good at diagnosing things by asking questions over the phone, and then I'll have people to call me back later. Yeah, you were right. That's it. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> you said well, your name was Charlie, correct? Huh? You said your name was Charlie, correct? Well, they call me Charlie Boy, the man of God, the speaker of truth, but my name is Shorty. Oh, well, the reason I asked is my grandpa's name was Charles, and we're naming our baby Charlie. So I just thought it was kind of oh. neat. Yeah. Well, I'll share another case that I was involved in. This gal, her name was Little Miss Patty, and she lived around uh, Anna, Illinois which is about 130 so many miles from where I'm at. And so 
she took her car in. They said Dalton there was bad. Put it on her. They gave it to her. It's three hundred and some odd dollars going out the door. And so a couple of days later, same problem. So she took it back. They said, oh, we'll, we'll warranty the alternator. Well, once in a while, you get a bad one. So they warranted. And then they came back and said, oh, that's not the problem. It's the computer. And it's $800. And she goes, well, hold up, hold up. But anyway, she got a hold of her friend. And her friend got her in touch with me. And she told me what kind of car it was. And I looked it up, and I said, that's not the problem. Get your car out of there. And so she had it towed from Illinois to Missouri, which was probably about 50 miles. And so she got it over to the garage, and I sent her a text picture of what the problem was. And she gave it to the mechanic, and the mechanic looked at it. He went and looked into it, and he goes, yeah, that guy's shorty sharp, man. He said he was right. And so the... The tow from one state to the other and the repair was only $175. It wasn't $800. It wasn't the computer. And so wow. right after that, so right after that, I asked her, do you want your money back? And she goes, I've never heard of a garage giving your money back. I said, you just do the paperwork. I'll send it to you, and everything will go just great as long as you file and so we did a notice and demand letter certified with a certificate of service to the guys. And I gave her a little bit of leeway. And I called her and I said, well, did you get a response back from She goes, yeah, they hired an attorney. I'm like, good. Just send me the paperwork. So she faxed it to me. I looked at it. I put the attorney on notice. And after the second time, instead of a notice and demand, I did what they call uh, a final notice before legal action. And all of a sudden, the attorney said, Uncle, and in his letter, here's how he described it. Although that my client doesn't meant any wrongdoings in this matter, he's willing to settle now because it's costing him $150 an hour to deal with this. And we got a check for you for $335, just come up and get it. All you have to do is sign this release. And I looked at the release, and I'm like, oh, he's got to add one more sentence. And the sentence would have been, from this point forward. Because he wanted her not to say any bad things about the garage to anybody. But she done told her sister, told people in her Bible study class and her church, but it should have been from this point forward. And then the lawyer saw that we weren't uh, playing ball, so he just said, look, please come and get this check. Ma'am, we're not going to cancel on you. We're not going to come after you. Just come up and get the check. And so she went up and got the check, and then she took it to their bank and cashed it and got $335 and after that there, she told me, she said, well, I feel like I owe you something. I said, no, you don't owe me nothing. I said, if you want, you feel like you owe someone, why don't you find someone in your community that has a need and do something for them? Pay it forward. Yeah, that's right. Because all it took was a little time to do the paperwork, you know. 
Yeah. So, that's he did me. not. The messenger of hope and the providence of God bless it. And a deck of all trades, it seems like. Well, you know, we're starting off with a good group, and we'll get people. We'll have the email group up in a little bit. Those that came in that uh, found their way here, you can stay in touch with your contact, and you can get on the group. And then we can go from there, and we can start having fun. Thank you for your time, everyone. Thank you, everybody, so much. God bless you all, and may your hearts be warm and at, at peace. Thank you so much. What a blessing. Thank you, everyone. I hope everyone has a good night. Yeah, be sure to listen to Taking Back Your Half an Acre. I will. Okay, yeah, I will. Absolutely. Okay, Julian, you. I'll call you, you a little night. bit. Okay. Uh, Julian? Thank you. Yeah. Let me call you in a minute. Okay. All right, thanks. Thank you, guys. Good night. Bye. Have a good night, you guys. Y'all too. Much love and prayer. Thank you. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.